greatest foe. Well, let us be your guide to what is worthwhile. David and Paul tell you now what crap you can bear. And if you don't like that, well, you can go to hell. Don't watch that. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, watch this. Yeah, okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hey, Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax. And uh, apologies. Uh, this is an early record. Uh, today I didn't even have time to get high. That's how early it is. That's how early it is. I am 100. Well, I mean, it takes like whatever two months for weed to get out of your system. But I am. The last time I got high was last night. So uh, what's up, David? What's new? I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of cinema that is very exciting this summer. Is there? There's not a lot. <laughs> Although you know what, I am actually probably after we record today. I'm going to go see that Tarzan movie. Really? Yeah. Everyone says it's it, it could be good, but it's just not. Like he's... Yeah. First, the big, what was the big main review uh, I read is that he's such a fucking mope through the whole movie that it gets okay. boring. See, but, uh, I mostly want to see it because David Yates did the last four Harry Potter movies, hmm. uh, the director, and I liked all those. I liked pretty much everything I've seen that he's done, so I'm going to see... Yeah. A David Yates film. That's how I feel about it. All right. It's funny to me that there just has never been a good version of Tarzan ever. I mean, you can look back on the old ones, Johnny Weissmuller and stuff, uh-huh. and say they're good, but that's, I mean, that's compared to what? You know what I mean? All that is is an Olympic swimmer swinging around. Yeah. And even in the old days, I can't watch that old shit because I know they they almost died constantly. Right. Like, Ron Ely, who played Tarzan on a TV show, which was god-awful. He spoke perfect English on the TV show, you know, and had a son and all that. But there's a story about, like, they just wanted to get some footage of him swinging from vine to vine. And he's doing it. He's like, okay. And there are all these vines that are supposed to be, they're basically tied up. And he will grab it and swing. Well, he grabs one, and it's not tied. And... It drops, and he drops, and he really, and he actually has time while he's falling to think, well, if I land on my feet, I'm going to break my legs and probably kill myself. Uh-huh. So he turns and basically lands on his side. They didn't have mats? Or- no! That's my point! <laughs> that's, what a, that's how fucked up this TV show was. It was in, like, the late 60s. So every version of Tarzan is either, is either like... Someone died on it, or it's a piece of shit like that Bo Derek one, uh-huh. or <clears throat> or it has a Phil Collins songs in it, like, <laughs> or it or it has uh, uh, Glenn Close dubbing Andy McDowell's fucking dialogue because she her Texas accent is way too strong because some fuckhead cast her in that role. It they're all terrible, and from what I've heard in this one, it's poor directing. They told Alexander Sarsgaard, do not crack a smile, whatever you do. <laughs> He's like the Jon Snow of the apes, I guess. But isn't that why you have Samuel Jackson in the movie, running around cracking jokes? Isn't that why he's in every movie? Well, right. then what is uh, Waltz doing in there? What's Christoph Waltz doing in the movie? I thought that was his job. Oh, yeah. I guess he's just the bad guy. <laughs> um, I like Margot Robbie as well. Um, I, haven't, I, I don't know that I've seen her in any movie. 
I, uh, I didn't did. see The Wolf of Wall Street. No. You didn't see... Uh, didn't see that Will Smith one. Didn't see the uh, Tina Fey one. She's in the big short as herself. Didn't see that. I probably will see Suicide Squad. That might be the first movie I've seen. Okay. Uh, And then she was in um, Z for Zachariah was a sort of small... Oh, yeah, I saw that for reals. No, I didn't fucking see that. (laughs) Who saw Z for Zachariah? A lot of people did. Mm -hmm. Chris Pine... Chibatel Ejiofor. Oh, they all saw it? Holy like, shit. Those are the three people who You saw watched it. it with them? Um, mm, sounds like a star-studded event. Uh, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Well, it's something weird. about what you said. The summer Oh, yeah, summer here's something I want to say about Tarzan. I oh. want, if we have any Chicago listeners, to tell me, does the men's room at the Music Box Theater still have Tarzan posters in it? Because I always thought it was funny. They had, in Chicago? Like, yeah, the Music Box, like in the men's room, had like yeah. at least one like old like Tarzan movie poster. And it just seemed like so like... On the nose, like, this is the men's room, let's have a big manly guy on the sure, wall. Sure, why not? Okay, if you're in Chicago and you've been to the music box lately, uh, let us know. This The summertime, it seems like obviously everyone wants to fight for that big summer movie, so people, like, whoever, it's almost like they claim it, like Independence Day said, we're obviously this yeah. 4th of July weekend, so good luck going up against us. And sometimes... It works, and people go up against it. But for the most part, in summer, if you have a big movie, you like. It's almost like they agree on who gets what weekend, right? Well, I like, think they claim it. You know, like Pixar has weekends on its schedule years in advance yeah. before they even have said it'll be like untitled Pixar movie for like May of twenty nineteen or but whatever. It, it's not like and it's it, on the schedule, so that yeah. other studios know. Like, okay, there's a Pixar movie. Yeah, this yeah. Weekend. So I, think, I, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's less, I think, about them coordinating with each other. It's just about who claims a weekend first. You know right. I mean? But also, if, I mean. God damn it. Yeah, you gotta close this tab. Yeah, right? <laughs> but if, um. But like, it's not like it's a rule. Like, if ID4 said, we're coming out this weekend, and then Spielberg said, oh, well, I'm also making the definitive slavery movie, and it's it will also be out that weekend. Right, but those would be. Counter program exactly yeah you know, yeah like that like uh, I think Independence Day resurgence or whatever is going to get certain people it's probably going to be a lot of uh, teenagers and people going yeah. for their families with a big dumb movie and that's why the Purge three also comes out this weekend right, because it's right. not the same crossover audience yeah. and that's I saw that by the way and it's good I like the, I like the Purge movies I really? really like the first one but I like no. the second one a lot I think this one's pretty well good. we discussed it the problem with the first one because it is very close to being a good movie. The problem is it takes itself too seriously, right? Isn't that yes. exactly what we decided? If there was just one character in there that made you realize this is fucking ridiculous. Right. Because it is ridiculous. It's absurd. The, the entire concept may be the stupidest concept ever for a movie. Yeah, but here's, here's, what's, here's what's great about it, about this series, is that it's gotten better even though it hasn't stopped taking itself seriously. Yeah. It's just that it's expanded so much that it feels more like... There's more to buy into. I still think yeah. the, the basic premise is really stupid. But because they've fleshed out the rest of the world, it's like, okay. So, I think... Because <laughs> Tyler made this was whole on... World. Uh, on uh, what's, I, I forget my, what my rigby is for this. Is something we talked about on Battleship. <laughs> yeah. But Tyler was basically saying, like, once you've seen the second and third ones, the first one probably doesn't seem as bad. Oh. Because it's just a piece of the puzzle now. Got it. You know what I mean? That's funny, because I saw... Um, J.J. Uh, Abrams on Colbert and they're talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane uh-huh. and and Colbert asked him how is this connected to Cloverfield and he said well it's not 
technically connected. They do have things in common, but hopefully after we make some more of these, there will be another narrative that brings them all together. Mm -hmm. And he even said, it may not happen. We may not have, we may not get to it, but obviously he's got that in mind, which if you've seen the two movies, you see the connection, obviously. Yeah. At one point, John Goodman says, well, if it's aliens, they'll take out the big cities first, which is exactly what happened in Cloverfield. The right. monster comes out of the fucking New York Harbor, r- ruins the Statue of Liberty, uh-huh. and destroys New York City. There's not, you know, that's exactly what happens. And and then there's a monster there. It's pretty much the same kind of monster in that movie. Well, I hope so. they keep making more of them because 10 Cloverfield Lane is... Ten times better than Cloverfield. I agree. So maybe the next one will be a hundred times. But it'll what's be called a hundred Cloverfield Court, <laughs> and it'll be a hundred times better. But what's funny is, you know, whereas people forget Cloverfield was a found footage movie, and Ten Cloverfield no, I, Lane. No one forgets that. But Ten Cloverfield <laughs> Lane was not. It was a regular, normal movie. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even a locked room movie because she gets out. Oh, spoilers! She gets out at the end and runs around. So. Um, and it, but completely different cast. Um, anyways, are you gonna go see the Secret Life of Pets? Uh, yeah, I am. I yeah, have a, that most, looks good. I have a press screening of that. So I'll oh, be, really? I'll be seeing that for free next Man, year. Man, you son of a bitch! Uh, anything else? Uh, probably. Okay, well, let's talk about some TV that premiered this week. I watched Roadies. Did you? Holy! Yeah, that's fuck. What I, that seems to be the consensus. That show Holy should be called be Almost Watchable. <laughs> Unbelievably terrible. I w- it, it's twice as bad because, of course, I'm watching it with Brooke, my wife, who works in the ticketing industry and uh-huh. knows full well that there is not one fucking roadie who gives a fuck about the band he works for. He is a union crew guy. They're making a shitload of money doing the one job he knows how to do. He wants to get in and he wants to get out. That's it. And this whole, it's all about the music, it's all about the band, is typical, I, I hate to call him out, but it's typical Cameron Crowe horseshit. Yeah, it's it's fucking calling out Cameron Crowe. And I love Cameron Crowe, that's why I feel bad, because... I did for a while. I feel like Fast Times, Yeah, it really is exactly what he set out to do. 100% success, you know? Uh, the fact that he went undercover, so to speak, and... And, you know, hung out and pretended he was a high school kid and got all that shit. And he was like, there's the status of what restaurant you work in. And as a guy growing up in the 80s, a lot of that was true. It is very close. Hanging out at the mall and all that shit. And I was like, wow. Because unlike The Breakfast Club, which I think is a bullshit uh, <clears throat> depiction of high school, I think Fast Times is the opposite of that. Right. And I like Almost Famous. And I love... Say anything. Say anything's great. It may be the best teen I, um, romance movie ever made. I'm not the biggest Almost Famous fan. I do like Jerry Maguire. Yeah. I also really like Vanilla Sky. I know that that's that a little bit divisive. Bullshit. I like that movie a lot. Piece of shit. Abre los ojos. That's the original. I've seen, yeah. I've seen that one too. You should see. You should say I like Abre los ojos, but Vanilla Sky is bull, bullshit. <laughs> Here's the thing about Ro- I don't know if you know this, but you should know this. What's the one thing that is in almost every uh, Cameron Crowe movie? Uh, an Elton John song? No, close. <laughs> Somebody singing in their car or in Almost oh, Famous sure, in sure. the plane. Yeah. Uh, it's them in the plane singing that. In uh, Say Anything, it's John... Uh, what's his name? John Mahoney. Okay. Who's singing, it's Ricky, don't lose that number. And he starts <laughs> crying. That's the best scene. In Jerry Maguire, it's Tom Cruise. 
where he can't find the and right he song. Ends up singing "Free Falling" by Tom Petty. That's right. a great scene, which is great. And uh, and there's another one in fast. Well, in Fast Times, there's tons of there's a million scenes where they're driving around singing in the car. Um, so. I was waiting for that to happen on fucking roadies. I was like, come on, there's a million musicians here. But it didn't happen. The worst part well, is... we got a whole season. Ron White is in the first episode, and he's really good. Uh-huh. Gets arrested off the show. He's the oh, only really? fucking character who's worth the shit in the whole episode. And he's off it halfway through. I, you know, And I've never been a huge fan of Luke Wilson, but God, he's a fucking hump on this show. And Imogene Poots... As much as I like saying her name, she's boring. Carla Gugino is completely miscast. Oh, that's too bad. And they they make the mistake of not focusing on the music, which is not that great, but at least it would be interesting. You know, it's like, you, what is the most boring part of a concert tour? Let's make a TV show out of it, is what it, <laughs> is what it should be. Uh, that's, that's what this show is. Uh, I worked for a summer... At the amphitheater at Six Flags St. Louis. And so you know what kind of acts come through Six Flags St. Louis. They're right. either people who are past their prime. Yeah. Or they're up-and-coming people. Uh, or they're Christian acts, basically. Yes. Uh, Families. They're a Christian family <laughs> yeah. band. And there's a lot of, a lot of Christian uh, bands. But this was the summer of 1999. And Britney Spears played. Mm-hmm. Because what had happened in between in between booking her tour and getting there, right. like hit me, hit me Baby One More Time came on and she was huge. So it was a big deal. All of a sudden, the Britney Spears was playing at Six Flags of all places, right? And her roadies were because I worked at the, you know I worked there, you know for every show uh-huh. and we would also we would deal with the roadies who came in for each each act. And her roadies had such fucking egos as if they because they suddenly knew they were working on like a big Ugh. ticket tour. And they were such assholes. Really? Because they, they, like, suddenly, well, we're, uh, you know, tied to this uh, person who's a huge star now. And they, they, they yeah, they... Uh, and they, they probably... The whole, around, the whole time, us. what? Great America? We're playing Great America? <laughs> yeah, All right. Let's great show America the, is Illinois. Let's show these hillbillies how it's done. Whatever it's called. You know, when I was a kid, my family couldn't afford to go to Great America. <laughs> Where'd you go? We had to go to Good America. <laughs> it was a lot cheaper. <laughs> They didn't have the Superman ride. They had the Captain Marvel ride. <laughs> it's not not quite as as good, <laughs> folks. Uh, what else did I watch? Dead of Summer, which is this new show on Freeform, which used to be ABC Family. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, they're uh, calling Elizabeth Mitchell, right? Yep. Who's also in The Purge Three? <laughs> yes, they're calling it Freeform now. I think because uh, they want to attract a young gay audience. Okay. Because uh, ABC Family obviously used to be all uh, like Pretty Little Liars and shit like that. More family stuff, but still progressive. Yeah, definitely. Secret that, Life. It always like, kind of threw me off that they were like, because I think of the word family as being code for horseshit Christian morals. Which it used to be. And, and in it, fact, but it, yeah, they, yeah, it, 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 they bought it from, they bought the channel from, uh, what's his name? Pat Robertson. Oh, okay. And he still is on it. Like part of the deal when he sold it to them was, I still get an hour to do my show. And because he gave, he basically gave it to him because uh-huh. uh, he's a he doesn't pay taxes, so he's a millionaire. <laughs> so uh, he said, I, "You can do it, but I still get an hour to do my show, whatever I want." Which is where these clips of him talking his crazy shit comes from uh-huh. is his TV show. Uh, but over the years, like you said, they've had 
Secret Life of the American Teenager, which is all about teen pregnancy. And Shailene Woodley was on that show. Yeah. Let's not forget how great she is. Pretty Little Liars is wildly successful. Yeah. Uh, they had that show about the two lesbians and the, the Fosters, oh, I think right. it's called. The Fosters, yeah. And then this one, this Kyle new one. Why? <laughs> that's old. That's before. That's the old days. But then there's another new one about this chick who has cancer. It's called Dying or, or oh, whatever. It's about this woman who's diagnosed with cancer and she's like wants to live out her life whatever wait so, so Kyle that's why isn't still on they're not still doing seasons of Kyle that's why <laughs> you're such an a-hole um, but I think they've changed it to freeform now but I think it's because A I, I mean I'm sure somebody said let's put on something the opposite of Pat Robertson so people because we can't do anything about getting him off the air so let's put on opposite shit so like in this first episode of Dead of Summer this one character is aggressively gay he is the gayest gay who ever gayed. Uh, and the premise of the show is, it's all these people who were like went to a camp in the 80s, and now they're back working at the camp, but some shit happened there. So it's a lot like Pretty Little Liars, but with dudes and girls, and a million 80s references. Okay. So young people who think the 80s were cool will watch it. But it's a... I mean, it might be good for kids. I couldn't even get through it. It's a half hour. I, I, it's hour long. I watched 30 minutes of it and said, okay, fuck this show. Young people now think the 80s were a bajillion years ago. I know. And they, they romanticize it in, in like some amazing way. I mean, there were a lot of great things about the 80s pop culture-wise, TV, movies, music. Pretty great. It exploded. However... The 80s sucked. Ronald Reagan began his fucking uh, march through our liberties and ruined this country. If you don't fucking believe me, Google it. Because everyone thought Ronald Reagan, the great savior of America, was doing this great thing. But I, uh, he didn't. I told my um, 11-year-old nephew a while ago that I was born in the 1980s and his eyes went so wide like I said that I used to like fly a pterodactyl school or something like yeah. that. it just seems so long ago yeah but he's also 11 <laughs> I mean yeah. he's I've met the kid he's smarter than most but he's fucking 11 all, <laughs> all kids are stupid I don't care how smart your kid is all kids are stupid compared to grown ups um, uh, so Dead of Summer it, you might like it but I hated it um, the other show I watch is this greatest hits show I don't know about this one it's it's perfect summer fair the premise is Arsenio Hall and this girl who opened for uh uh is that fucking band um, nah that that country band you know that has a stupid name they have a stupid name Dirks Bentley no the other one the other one with the terrible stupid name uh, they're a band know. Florida Florida Georgia Line is that something no but is it's, that a band That's yeah a band, right? I don't know if they're country though but anyways they host the show, and the premise is they just get people, old bands and performers to come out and play. And sometimes they play along with new people, and Rascal they mix it flats. up. <laughs> and they mix it up. So this first episode... Lady they, Antebellum. That's it! It is Lady Antebellum. <laughs> See, I told you it's a stupid fucking name. Oh, okay. I'll let you, I'm going to let you finish. Kanye West style. Okay. But first I have to talk about... Wait, are you going to just say names of other country no, bands? I have oh, to okay. talk about my favorite thing that's ever been on TV, maybe. Uh, ironically. The wishing boot. The, um, no, the Lady Antebellum Crystal Light commercials. Do you remember? I don't know if you ever saw these. Uh-uh. Lady Antebellum 
did a couple of commercials for those little crystal light like packets, you know, you just right. like, put them in water or whatever. Oh, it's like them on tour, like yeah, good bus, good show. And their bus like, breaks down in the first one, <laughs> yeah, right. and they're like hot and bored, and they're like, "What are we sure. gonna do?" And she's like, "Hey guys, I have an idea." <laughs> and they start walking through a public park, handing out crystal light packets to people, and they stand on a picnic table and do a little concert, and people sing crystal or drink crystal light and gather around them. That's that's the that's the better one. <laughs> the other one I can't even begin to describe because it's them on stage, but it's like this. It's smaller than this room, whatever it is. Like wow. the audience is right on top of them. Okay, and they like drink Crystal Light mid song or something, and then as they're singing, they like turn into bottles of Crystal Light. Wow! And then I think like she reaches and grabs a crystal light from an audience member and just takes a drink of it. So she's a bottle of crystal light drinking a bottle of crystal I can't, light. It might happen the other or Maybe she drinks it first and then turns into <laughs> crystal light. It's, I wish that I had these just saved in my DVR so I could watch them whenever I want. They're so strange. Um, which, that reminds me, now going even further off topic, but I wanted to let you get back. Have you ever seen the... Um, it's it's a foreign commercial, but you can find it on uh, on YouTube. The Marky Ramon ice cream commercial for like Italian ice cream or whatever. I may have seen a it's, clip of it or something. It's so great. You have to watch it because he sings a song like in the style of the Ramones. Yeah. That's about ice cream. It's like gimme, gimme, give me some ice cream or something. Right. But it has like the worst example of that. Uh, multiple times, the worst, exam- worst examples of that TV commercial thing of people clearly not taking the bite of the thing they're supposed to be taking a bite of. Right. So this one, like, he, like, licks the ice cream cone, but he doesn't. Okay. And then hands it to a girl in the front row, and then she licks it and then goes, woo Like, immediately after, like, there's clearly no ice cream in her mouth. She just, like, held it in front of her face and then went, woo Um... Oh, another example of that is the new Jay Moore, Todd Gurley, California classic Carl's Jr. commercial. Uh-huh. Look at the burger when Todd Gurley takes a bite of it. It doesn't move at all. You are obsessed with food on TV. <laughs> you understand. It's so fake. They can't bite into it because it is literally fake. You understand it's not edible. That thing he's holding is not they, good. It's got glue and chemicals in it. a tight close-up of him holding a burger in front of his face and but going, that's what oh. they're selling. <laughs> That's how commercials are made. <laughs> but it doesn't look appetizing. It, I don't want to bite into a burger that, that doesn't move. Then don't don't go there. That's the point. There are people who see that and go, "Holy shit, that looks good." Did you? Are you still? Also, the Carlos Junior CEO is a big uh, pro-lifer. Uh, so yeah, he's a douche. Yeah. Did you see? Are you are you caught up on Preacher? No. Because there's a scene where the two angels, you know, you know the two angels on the show. Is that the guy from Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, and yeah. his partner. They, it turns out they're angels. They're, I figured that from having read some of the comics. Okay, yeah. So there's a scene where they're sitting around, and they're watching TV, and they're showing this commercial for the Big Ass Texas Burger. Uh-huh. It's pretty funny, because it's called Big Ass Texas, and he goes, hmm, I'm going to go out and get something to eat. So he walks over to the dude who, he walks into like the lobby, and the guy is running their little shitty hotel, and uh-huh. goes... One big ass Texas burger, please. <laughs> the old man's like, we don't have food or room service or nothing. And I was like, the big ass Texas burger. Yeah. That sounds perfect, right? And the picture of it was That's good. Very Carlos the, Jr. Yeah, it was exactly what that. They did what that, that all American be. burger. That was a burger that had hot dogs and, and chips. potato chips on it. I was and tempted, but and I, now I never got that. I never tried it. All right. So what were you saying about this TV show? Which <laughs> okay. I the name of. Do you remember Hit Me Baby one more time? Was on a couple seasons ago. No. The premise of that was 
get it's an English show, and then they did it in America for the summer. Get a bunch of older recording artists, have them come back, catch up with them, have them come back. They'll do their hit, and then they'll do another song of their choosing, and someone will win. And I remember they had Wang Chung on, who sang Everybody Wang Chung tonight, and then It's Getting Hot in Her. They sang that. <laughs> they had uh, Martha What's-Her-Name from the Motels on. Greg Kinn uh, was on and sang uh, 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 whatever that song's oh, called, right, you know? Okay. And then he sang another one. Um, but this is a lot like that in the sense that they bring these people back, but they kind of let them do what they want, and it's great. This is, what, this is my point. You people should watch it. You people should watch it because they'll have, like, um, the fuck, Ario Speedwagon on. And, you know, they're all super old, of course. Yeah. Their, lead, their lead guitarist, Gary Richroth, is dead and gone. But there is, so you don't expect a whole lot. You certainly don't expect them to look good because they look old. But they sing their song. But the best part is the audience, showing the audience clearly who are paid to be there and are told, have a good time, yeah. let's go, let's do it. Dance around, mouth the words. And they're trying to mouth the words, but they don't know the fucking words. But then Rick Springfield comes on. And, you know. He, he also played at uh, Six Flags. I'm sure he did. And he kills it. He talks about his dad a little bit, and he misses his dad, and he still looks good. And he's like, all right, Jesse's girl, let's do it. And he plays, and he sings, and he fucking nails it, and the crowd loves it. You can tell the difference, as opposed to when Ray Parker Jr. comes out, and it's just a fucking commercial for the Ghostbusters movie. It's just him. I don't even know if he's really singing. And these girls in Ghostbusters costumes fucking... Jumping around and dancing, and the audience is like, "Oh, Ghostbusters!" Because you realize this is probably the worst Ray Parker Jr. song, right? <laughs> the yeah. guy when he was with Radio, he was great. Whereas you know, and and uh, and oh, and Kenny Loggins is on the first. Uh, he's the first guy, and he sings Footloose again. Probably the worst Kenny Loggins song. I'd rather hear Danger Zone than fucking Footloose. But he he does it, and they're like, "Hooray, Footloose!" But it's. It's funny when Rick Springfield's on because he really nails it. And also the fact that they all look like Ariel Speedwagon looks super old because they are. Ray Parker Jr. looks foolish because he dyes his hair and he doesn't look his age. Kenny Loggins looks like a monster because he's had so much fucking work done. He clearly has no friends to tell him, bro, ease up on the fucking plastic surgery. But Rick Springfield looks great. He's thin, he's tall, his hair is long and gray and shaggy, he wears his glasses on stage. At, at the end of the performance, he fucking throws his guitar up in the air and catches it. This is pretty cool. Right? I, I remember it being a good show at Six Flags. Yes, and I've heard, like, back in the day, he was a giant dick, the way you will, when you're a teenage idol, but now that he has distance from it, and he's a grown man, I hear he's a, he's a cool guy, but... Uh, I can tell you... At that, that, that show at Six Flags. So most of what my job was had to do with setting up and taking down lights. But during the actual show itself, there were a variety of different jobs you could do. I, I ran the spotlight a lot for the Christian bands. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you'd be on what's called security, which was basically just standing around and making sure people didn't try to get backstage or whatever. Yes. It made, but mostly meant you could watch the show. So really, if it was a show you wanted to see, you'd try to get on security. I got on security for Alice okay. Cooper because I wanted to watch Alice Cooper. But the only time I actually had to do my job on security 
was Rick Springfield because I had to try to stop these women from storming the stage. And they're older than you, right? Oh, I was like, yeah, this is 99, so I was like 17. These were women like their early 30s probably yeah, by, that, by that point. That's so awesome. Uh, and I had to try to stop them from, from storming I don't the stage. blame him. He killed it. And then like it was – and then like Jason Derulo came out and sang Human Nature, which was awkward now that we know that Michael Jackson was for sure a pedophile. <laughs> and he definitely molested – hundreds of children so that was weird and then um pitbull came out because he his new single he samples an ario speedwagon song okay so he did that so half the show's bullshit but watch it first of all to see arsenio who looks great oh and now to segue into two things that i saw that pissed me off bill maher last week uh i don't know i think it was last week had larry wilmore on and he and every time he has a good looking guy on he says god damn it you look so good because of course he looks like shit and he and Larry goes, hey, black don't crack, which of course you'll say. Yeah. And 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 David, uh, you're David. And Bill Maher goes, uh, it does crack, just much slowly. I mean, nobody confuses Miss Jane Pittman for Rihanna. And that was the reaction. Everybody basically sat there and looked at him, and it was clear someone wanted to say, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Why would you say that out loud? <laughs> yes, you're right. Black people age. Uh, faster than others, but by comparing Miss Jane Pittman to Rihanna, you are clearly revealing yourself to have a fetish for black women. <laughs> As if anyone in fucking uh, America doesn't know that Bill Maher has a fetish for women of color. He just basically said, I would never date Miss Jane Pittman, but Rihanna gives me a boner. What is wrong with you? That's what he lo- he He sees a woman of color and goes, eh, too old for me. What a fucking weirdo. Who says that? I was like, and literally everyone just looked at him and went, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's not the point. First of all, you brought it up that he looks great. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's such a fucking a-hole. It blows me away that his show, because I love his show, but what a dick. The other thing is, you know, Kevin James has a new sitcom coming out in the fall. Okay. And uh, the CBS is promoting the shit out of it this summer, especially during Big Brother. But they're saying... The King of Comedy returns to television. Kevin James in Almost Kevin or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh-huh. And I turn to Brooke and go, when did fucking Kevin James become the King of Comedy? Never. Yeah. He's not even close to the King of Comedy. Yeah, he was the King of Queens. Exactly, which is the only reason they say that. Right. So you go, oh, new show. Oh, that's the guy from King of Queens, huh? I'll check that out. I liked <laughs> King of Queens. Because nobody fucking remembers who Kevin James is. No one's going, oh, the guy from Chuck and Larry made a TV show? I'm down. Oh, the grown-ups guy has his own TV show? Jesus Christ. Paul Blart has a TV show? The the zookeeper. That's what they need to do is make a TV show out of Paul Blart like they did with Uncle Buck. But not Kevin James. They get Kevin Meany to play (laughs) Paul Blart. (laughs) I've been watching Uncle Buck. It's not it's not good, but man, Mike Epps is funny on that fucking show. He's really funny. Sometimes that's enough. Him and the kids is the reason to watch. And then every once in a while, James Leisure will say something funny, too. The two of them together, there was a scene in this last episode where they're on the phone. <laughs> and uh, James Leisure's he's trying to have a romantic dinner with Neil Long. And he's like, listen, man, just handle things. I'm trying to get things going with my wife. And Mike Epps is like, all right, I'll take care of it. But listen... You were never a sexy whatever, he says uh-huh. to him, and hangs up. And James Leisure goes, chump! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's what brothers would say to each uh-huh. other. And it makes me laugh, 
But then Nia Long, I'm like, well, good thing she's beautiful because she is not funny. She's a great actress, but man, she can't do comedy worth a shit. Horrible. All right, you want to talk about these TV shows now? Yeah, I don't have much to say. Yeah, me neither. Barely Famous. I'll, here's what I'll say about Barely Famous. This is, I give them an A++++ for effort. It's clear what they wanted to make this show. You know, they said that, obviously someone said, hey, let's do a reality show with you two rich, yeah. beautiful girls. And they went, well, we don't want to just do that. That's stupid. We don't want to be the Kardashians. Let's take it up a notch. And they took it up maybe half a notch to make it a fake reality show where they're clearly making fun of themselves. But they're just not funny enough to make it a great show. I think uh, you're probably right. They're they're, they're not particularly. And it, yeah, and I don't hold that comes. against them. They're yeah. just too rich. I like the idea girls. of the show. I like it's uh, it's a show that is less. It's less than the sum of its parts. Right. Because you can pick any scene and say, yeah, their idea is working. Right. But I think what they're failing to do is realize that scripted or unscripted, every episode of a TV show has a story. Yeah. And I think they're really phoning it in on, at least in this episode, on the story element. Because the mm-hmm. the climax here, where the one sister, I didn't bother to learn their names, no. uh, bails on her other sister to go to Mexico with Jessica Alba, and then Jessica Alba like rejects her because she's like, you're a shitty sister. Right. That wasn't a payoff to anything we had, that had really been built up. No. And if they had taken some time to actually plant the seeds of... You know the sister relationship, and that one wanted, even though the brand launch, whatever it was, is stupid. Yeah, that it meant something to her, and that the sister relationship was important to her. In that, then her her ditching her sister for Mexico would have had more of an impact. Yeah, it felt like it just kind of came out of left field. No, it's all and just so, like yeah, Dave. So, so it makes the show very. Uh, forgettable, I think. Yeah. It's not going to stick with you if it doesn't have a better story. Also, they were trying to make a joke about how, oh, in real life, you know, this this is the thing with any time an actor or actress or whatever is on a reality show, you know, like Matt Damon on House of Lies, I want to be the shittiest version of me possible. That's really... Because when it's done right, it is really funny. Yeah, it can be. When it's... Especially when it's like a super nice person... Who's uh-huh. being like when it's Katie Couric who's walking around telling people to go fuck themselves? Uh-huh. It's funny, but in this case, it's like, oh, we want to show that Jessica Alba's a piece of shit, and then at the end, she goes, oh, you're a piece of shit. But the only thing she does is run out on her tab. It's not like she does a bunch of horrible things. Like Wayne Brady is probably the best version of that on yeah, the yeah. Chappelle show, right? Yeah. He not only does he use bad words, but he he's basically a pimp who's uh-huh. saying, I'm going to beat up this woman. I mean, he's one of he he is an all he makes it clear. I'm an awful, awful person, <laughs> yeah. and it's super funny because before that he was fucking Wayne Brady, the whitest black guy in America. But I'm, it started because Paul Mooney said on Chappelle's show that uh, yeah, Wayne Brady makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. Right? <laughs> yeah, I remember at the time that was the quote of the year, uh-huh. like nonstop. You're right. So yeah, he comes on, makes fun of himself. He's great. So you got to raise the bar. You can't just have Jessica Alba be drunk and run out on a tab. First of all, celebrities do that all the fucking time. Really? Celebrities go to restaurants, run up a big tab, and then they leave. Or start to leave, even. And then when someone says, excuse me, you didn't pay your tab, they go, I'm fucking Bruce Willis. I don't pay tabs. Because what are you going to do? I've heard Matt LeBlanc specifically does that a lot. At least when he was on Friends. He'd walk out and go... Yeah, I'm Matt LeBlanc. I just doubled your business by eating here. Uh-huh. Someone will take that to the manager. He'll pay it. 
It's like that. And then they do. What are you going to do? Wow. Are you going to call the police on Matt LeBlanc? I would. (laughs) You would, yes. But you wouldn't be managing a restaurant. I bet if you were managing a restaurant... Because when I used to work at uh, Bacino's in in uh, uh, Chicago, you know, we were right there downtown. So celebrities would come in and athletes and uh, and stuff. And the manager would always pick up their check every yeah. single time because he wanted them to come back. So I heard a story. I don't know if this is all alleged. I don't know if this is true. But, you know, the, uh, the downtown, quote unquote, downtown Burbank area mm-hmm. where the shopping and mall district and movie theaters. Yeah. Um, there's no smoking anywhere there right just in the restaurant well there's smoking areas okay in alleys and stuff Um, yeah and i heard i can't remember which store at one of those stores that the employees called the cops on shia labeouf for smoking just because he was a dick well again (laughs) first of all i see shia labeouf i cancel my plans for the day because i'm (laughs) following that guy around and to watch what the fuck he does right it's shia labeouf it's not like you saw uh, Michael Sarah walking right. around. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf's a fucking weirdo. He's gonna do something crazy every ten minutes. So keep your eye on him. But I agree. I've seen. I've told people in Burbank, you can't smoke out here because there's fucking signs everywhere. Yeah, literally everywhere. You, it's like if you see someone smoking, I guarantee you there's a sign within their fucking uh, uh, eyesight. I saw a guy smoking out in front of the Buffalo Wild Wings. Right next to the theater, mm-hmm. literally in front of a sign that said no smoking. I took my phone out to take a picture of him, and he went, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, this guy's doing it on purpose. Fuck him. And I walked away. Uh, and, my, and my kid was like, let's go. Let's go. So she didn't want me to take a picture. But I was about to punch that guy in his fucking mouth. Yeah? You, you're literally, you, you're purposely flaunting it. You're so fucking selfish. It, it, I got into a fight. Civil disobedience. He's standing up for his rights as a smoker. No, he's not. He's an asshole who had to smoke and thought, well, it's more important for me to fucking suck smoke into my lungs and kill myself and possibly harm the people around me than it is for anyone else not to get cancer. Smoking is fucking garbage. If you smoke, you're a garbage person, or else okay. you don't mind being mistaken for a garbage person. Uh, I guess that, you know I smoke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and I, would, I wouldn't say that in front of you if I didn't know it. But you, you. But also, but, when I'm down, uh, there's an alleyway on the other set of dumpsters that I go to uh, when I'm yeah, in that area. That's I, the other I, thing. I don't, of, I don't stand there. And you know, you're you're the you're one of the good ones, as they say, because <laughs> you are the kind of smoker who knows. First of all, you're a little embarrassed by it, right? Yeah. That you still smoke. Yeah. Which you should be. Secondly, you go way out of your way to make sure nobody is inconvenienced. Like every time I've ever seen you smoking. I have taken note that I had to find you first of all. Like, <laughs> like I walked out and around the corner, and there you were. Second, for, you know, that's the first thing you do. But secondly, it's clear you are smoking in an open area where it's perfectly legal. You know, like if you're at a a, a restaurant or whatever, or we're at a bar, you go outside and then you go even farther outside, you know what I mean? You don't just stand next to the fucking door. You stand 20 feet like the law tells you to. And you never stink. You don't ever smell like cigarettes. I don't actually smoke that much. Yeah. And uh, whatever you smoke doesn't stink. And uh, I've never had a problem with it. But And most importantly, and this is the, the biggest problem with smokers, you don't defend it. You don't ever waste a second defending smoking or your right to smoke as if it's a fucking Second Amendment right. You just go, "Mm mm-hmm, I smoke. That's the end of it, which is what it should be. Smoking isn't some fucking freedom fight. First of all, 
It says on the package, smoke this and die. <laughs> so you I want... do still wish there were bars you could smoke in. Well, there I are. I understand that like, it's about the employees yeah. more than anyone else. Well, there, and, are, yeah, there like are certain dives in local places. But, but yeah. I miss Tiki T was the, one of the last, uh, but they don't anymore. Yeah. That's because they sold it, right? Because uh, yeah, I think because they the, closed for a while and then when they, when yeah. they reopened, you couldn't. Because the reason you could still smoke there is because it was the original owners, like from a and, million years ago. And because, from what I understand, it was entirely family owned and operated. Right. All the employees were part of the were essentially owners because they yeah. were part of the family, and that was why they could. That was the loophole they could uh, uh, exploit. Yeah. But yeah, then it closed for a while and reopened. You can't smoke. Anymore. Yeah, I'm sure. If, like all things, especially in that fucking neighborhood, a corporation came in and said, "We're going to give you a gazillion dollars." Yeah. To buy this, and they went, yes, please, because they're probably ready to go out of business any minute. And I'm sure some big hedge fund. I got in a fight with one of my aunts on Facebook this week, uh-huh. and this, you know, she's my aunt, meaning she's a million years old. She's my mom's sister, and I said that thing about how smoking is for garbage people, uh-huh. and she said, "Oh, well, I guess I must be a garbage person." I said, "Well, no, but you obviously don't be mind being mistaken for a garbage person." <laughs> so whatever, and she got kind of mad at me, and I said, "Okay." That's fine that you're mad, but just to be clear, you are worried about chemtrails, right? Because she's constantly (laughs) posting shit about chemtrails. How in the fuck does that make logical sense? You pay money to inhale poison that will most definitely kill you, and yet you think the government should stop flying planes over your house because you think chemtrails... Because even though there's no fucking proof that chemtrails are harmful... No, not at all. That's literally crazy, right? And then I find out after this whole fucking argument, like her granddaughter or something saw it on her Facebook page and sent me a message and said, Hey, my grandmother just had open heart surgery. Stop arguing with her. And I went... Open heart surgery? You mean from all those years of smoking? <laughs> Honestly, it, it it blows my mind. I have a friend named Aaron who, uh, for years, he still is, but when we were kids even, he was a vegetarian, mm-hmm. and he's a huge liberal, uh, more liberal than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. And he walks the walk, so uh, you know I don't begrudge him that. But when we were kids, he would always make jokes about eating meat, like, we would talk about, you know, hey, it's Martin Luther King Day, everybody. Let's all, you know, remember MLK. And when we were done, he'd go, okay, now let's go get a burger. <laughs> that was his go-to joke. <laughs> and I would get offended because, of course, I got, he's basically making fun of me. Like, how can you be for, how can you be liberal and still eat meat is what he was saying. Oh, I see. And I get it if that's what you believe. But it's not 100% true because meat is, you know, is good. I mean, they just discovered butter is actually good for you. Not it's not only is it not bad for you, it's good for you. Right, but I think your friend's argument is probably that not that meat isn't good for you, but that it's not good for the cow. No, I know, but I'm saying uh, I don't give a fuck about the cow because okay. I like meat. It's fine with me. Whereas cigarettes, how can you defend cigarettes? And when you're like, "Yay, let's save the environment!" Yeah, don't meat is murder. Oh, children should be protected. Hold on, though. I gotta go have a cigarette. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do make you look really cool. So there's that. <laughs> yes. You look like a badass. Uh, and uh, I think it, I honestly it, think it good. you look stupid if you fucking have a cigarette in your mouth. I think you look like an a hole. And I, I always telling people, hey, twenty feet from the door, bro. Take that shit down the street, or I just fart. 
when someone's smoking, I stand next to them and fart. <laughs> you don't do uh, you don't say boo like you did to to Jay Leno. Oh uh, no, I I have before, but smoking is different. I'm not gonna boo you for fucking trying to kill me and, and people I love with your shitty smoke. And and the other thing I do, I pull out my fucking vape pen and start vaping weed right there, and they look at me shockedly. And I want to go, first of all, what I'm doing is not giving me cancer. <laughs> Second of all, it's just as legal as what you're doing. Third, fuck off. You're smoking. How dare you look at another person with a shocked look on your face? All right. So what are we watching next week? I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're not there yet. Are we done with Brent Yeah, I guess. There's not a whole lot to say. I'll say this. Um, those girls, for being like blonde pretty girls who are super rich and don't ever have to work anymore in their life they're pretty self-aware unlike yeah. the kardashians yeah, and true. all these other fuckheads they are 100 percent self-aware of who they are and what they are and i'll give them credit for that they are very pretty uh uh and i like i like the interview parts you know uh when they're just talking to the camera i like that better because obviously the whole show is fake but that part seems more real because they're kind of like their characters come out. Uh-huh. The one sister who got the new boobs is kind of a fuckhead. The other one's really kind of always unhappy with everything, you know. So they're not just Courtney and Kim Kardashian, uh-huh. you know. They're actual personalities, and the guests are funny too. The Jessica Alba thing wasn't so great, but I did like the Chelsea Handler bit at the beginning. That was funny. I mean, you didn't think that was funny? I'm not a big Chelsea Handler. Uh, neither am I. That's what I'm saying. That was the funniest thing Chelsea Handler's done for years. The funniest thing that I saw was my DVR caught the beginning of the next episode. I didn't realize they were showing two. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the second one? Because um, the opening bit of the second one is one of them, again, I don't know their names, Yeah, uh, is having lunch with Chris Martin. But it's Chris Martin talking about who do you want me to be on your reality show? Like, what? how should I be Chris Martin? Oh, See, I and think that's like, a funny and idea. Like asking, like, like they're at lunch. He's like, is the food real? Is the waiter an actor? Should I do an effect? That's so accent? funny. But like, that was the funniest thing I saw. But here's, I'm going to tell you what was the worst part about it without ever seeing it. It's Chris Martin. Chris Martin's a bad actor, right? Hey, he was fine. I think for the, for the joke, he was good. Really? They should have got someone funnier. That's the thing about like extras and uh, life is short and whatever. All those Ricky Gervais things where he does it so perfectly it's like, mm-hmm. here's Liam Neeson. What is the most ridiculous thing we can make him do? <laughs> you know, and all those guys. I mean, we've talked about it, but the Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart was so oh, great. Fucking Dame uh, Diana Rigg uh-huh. in that one episode with Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> she has maybe two lines in the whole thing. But the fact that she's willing to sit there with this rubber on her s- soup spoon, uh-huh. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And so, honestly, if you're not willing to be at least that funny... Don't bother with that gag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like the uh, the Ricky Gervais has kind of perfected all that shit. If uh, his band comes here on tour, will you go see them? Is he reuniting with his band from the 80s? No, no, no. Not that band. Oh, okay. The band from The Office. Oh, I did hear about that. It's no, David no. Brent is reuniting with that band and going no, on tour. Uh, really? Sure. No. God, I would see the fuck out of that. They're only in England, though. But if they come here, I'm totally going to see it. How do you not see David Brent in his band? All right, let's I move think, on. You know who's touring again is Tears for Fears, and they're playing Pachanga. <laughs> but it's not both of them, right? Uh, no, I think it is. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's the big deal. Ooh. Um, so that sounds know, like I a might, good I might, concert. I might, I, might, I might drive down to Temecula, get a hotel room, do some gambling, and yeah, right? Tears of Fears. Oh, that Tears sounds fun. All right. Something uh, happens. I'm head over heels. 
All right. You want to move on to trivia? Well, trivia last week was about me. There's a dude who was on the original version of the the bridge. Not the original, but the American version of the bridge. And there was a picture of him and me on my website. And I said he was on another show that you watched. But nobody got it. Nobody even bothered to... They said, I got to go to his website. Forget it. I'm not interested. But it was uh, Eric Lang who played Radzinski on Lost. And he also played... uh, That picture of me and him is when I went to a uh, taping of... um, Not iCarly. Victorious, which was Uh on Nickelodeon. I took my daughter to a taping. They don't have an audience, but we just kind of hung out and watched them. And she got to meet uh, Ariana Grande and all the kids on that show. And Ariana Grande colored in my tattoo um, with a marker. And she got autographs and stuff. But I got a picture with Radzinski. He was like, really? And I said, yeah, man, I love you on Lost. And he goes, oh, thanks. And we took a picture. He was super nice. But he's a great actor. He was great on the bridge Mm because he was the guy who... He was the bad guy on the bridge. He was the guy who killed everybody and fucked shit up. He was fucking dynamite. And he's great in that episode of Fringe. You remember him in that episode of Fringe? No. He was uh, a guard. It, this is in the later seasons. He was the tr- one of those trustees or whatever, you know? Okay. He was obviously a, a human, but he was working for the, for oh, the guys. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then they, they, hold, they take him prisoner. Yeah. He was fucking amazing in that episode. He was also in an episode of Modern Family where he was, I think he was a referee at Luke's, like, mm. basketball game. It was an early one when Luke was a little kid. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah, he's a great actor. That, so that's the answer is, is that guy played with Zinsk and Lost. Nobody got it. You got a question this week? Yeah, it's about Jessica Alba, who oh, okay. uh, is a movie actress, but is, uh, when you think of TV, she had her show Dark Angel, which is where a lot of people learned her name. Where she met but, her first husband, Michael Weatherly. Okay. But they're no longer married. Um, but that was, but she was actually a regular on a show before Dark Angel that actually ran longer and she did more episodes. What show, what is the name of the series that she was a regular on uh, for uh, before Dark Angel? So it was before she was a star. Yeah. Because Dark Angel was after she was a movie star. She had made some movies and they gave her her own show. So I'm going to say, hmm. She was a regular on uh, Models Incorporated. No. Uh, it was earlier than that. I'll give you one more hint, actually. Okay. It was a syndicated drama. A syndicated drama. Yeah, it was not a, tied to any one network, as far as I know. Uh, now I'm suddenly doubting if I'm right about that. Hmm. Well, I, I can't come up with a better guess. Oh, right. Yeah. It was syndicated. Yeah. But it was like... It wasn't like WGN or Fox syndicated. It was just like, who wants to buy this and put it on? Yeah. Yeah. So like Saturday afternoon type yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. That kind of... Okay. So, but you're right. I remembered that. But I, you know, I was misremembering it. All right. So if you know the answer, write to Paul at thekingoftv.com. I just sold a CD this week to a guy um, who said, man, uh, I love your voice. I want, I want to get a copy of you singing your theme song. I'm like, okay, buy my CD. It's on mm-hmm. there. Oh, where can I get it? My website. What's your website? <laughs> Do you not listen to the fucking podcast? I say it at least once every fucking week. I say, if you know the answer to this trivia question, write to Paul at thekingoftv.com. I don't know if you know how the internet works, but anytime someone gives a at address, there's a website that goes with it. Right. Whether it's at battleshippretension.com. Yep. 
at thekingoftv.com, at aol.com, at gmail.com. So anyways, write to me, Paul, at thekingoftv.com. And thekingoftv.com is the place to get all your King of TV needs, including CDs that are on sale there for very cheap. And they're a perfect gift for dads and grads this summer. Um, <laughs> and you can... Uh, I passed both of what? those things. Really? Father's Day and graduation are over. It's July now. Oh, man. So it's a perfect Independence Day gift. Yeah. Celebrate your independence listening to the dulcet sounds of Paul Goebel singing TV themes. It's not too late for a late Canada Day gift, right? That's true. Do you ship to Canada? What? Do you ship to Canada? If you I, I will. I will ship to Canada, yes. <laughs> oh, i got to tell you this story. Speaking of Canada, I've been working for this company. Uh, it's like a small startup just doing like writing and, and stuff like for that for them. Um, but they're like, okay, uh, thanks for all your help, everybody, but we're done with this. We'll pay you through the end of the week, but thanks, we're done. So the end of the week came and went, and I didn't get paid. So I wrote them and said, hey, guys, did we ever get paid for this last thing? And they write back, oh, there was a miscommunication. Sorry, we'll send it out. And I think, that what? You can't do that. Uh-huh. If I show up to work and don't do work, and you come to me and go, hey, Where's all the work you were supposed to do? And I go, ah, oh, shit, you're right. I'll get to it. I'm fired, right? <laughs> right. So how is it okay for the people to pay me to go, ah, oh, shit, you're right. We'll get to it. That's not okay. That's the one thing. That's so the one thing I expect from you. Well, at that point, I wanted to go, holy shit, here's your money right now. We're dropping everything and doing our job. Okay. Right. But, but what I don't want them to do is pay me in Canadian money, which is what they fucking did. <laughs> Sent me $80 Canadian. And I look at it and go, what the fuck is this? And my first thought is, how much is that American? At this point, $60. That's how fucking shitty the Canadian dollar is. But then they, they sent me an email first and said, ah, oh, it's a mistake. And luckily, they fixed it right then and there. But... That's the fucking worst part about being an independent contractor, man. People think that they expect you to do your work right when they ask for it, but then they're going to pay you whenever they get around yeah, to it. Yeah, It's fucking bullshit. Fuck you, uh, bosses. Um, follow me on the Twitter, at Paul Goble Show. Be my friend on the Facebook. I will argue with you about chemtrails and, and Trump and all the other shit that I argue about. You can buy my CD. You can still buy uh, videos from the old Paul Goble Show. Oh, how much do they cost? <laughs> well, you get one for 99 cents, uh-huh. five for $4, uh-huh. or ten for seven bucks. How much is that a piece? Uh, if I'm doing my math correctly, I think that's $80 Canadian. <laughs> so <laughs> those are still available. And uh, and then, of course, David is also on the internet. Yeah, it's uh, battleshippretension.com is where you go for all my movie reviews. You want to read my review of The Purge 3? Uh, it's up there. Um, all the other podcasts in the Battleship Retention podcasting fleet, including Battleship Retention and this podcast and all sorts of other movie geek stuff is over at battleshippretension.com. And you can email me at david at battleshippretension.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at DaveyPretension. My Snapchat is my bio. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this show, Marcella. It seemed, first of all, it was hard to find it. On Netflix. Did you have a problem? I just searched for Marcella. I, like, I knew what it was called, so I searched by the name. Well, I searched, like, I was. I looked for Marcella, because I was looking for it on a Roku. Not just Netflix, but on okay. Roku. And I couldn't find it. And then I'm looking, okay, Anna Friel. Couldn't find it. It was nowhere on a Roku. Did you spell it wrong? Maybe, no, I found her name. No, I mean, did you spell Marcella wrong? No. That's the thing is, I, I, well, I put in M-A-R-C, and I scrolled down. There's nothing there. It was Mark this. Marcella 
whatever actress, but nothing. I eventually found it. It just seems like Netflix kind of buried it. Like, I mean, when they... I know. If you go to Netflix on my Blu-ray player and search for the word Marcella, M-A-R-C-E-L-A, it's the one and only thing that comes up. But I'm saying when I go to Netflix, it immediately lets me know, Orange is a New Black is back. Right? Right. But this is not a... Netflix original. But it says it is. It's airing yeah. here as a Netflix It's obviously original, an English show. But it's, I think it's already aired. Right? Probably, in, yeah. In, uh, like most, like, yeah. Like most of their shows from other countries, Between and all that shit, it's already aired. But they say it's a Netflix original. Yeah. I guess because it's not 100% like Orange is New Black or whatever. But anyways, is a very understated show. Um... You know, obviously there's a lot of violence in the show because it's about murders and stuff. It was darker than I expected it to be. But we, first of all, we don't see any of the murders happen. We just see dead bodies. Um, No, we see a murder. Which one? The guy who gets murdered. uh, Uh, When we see him breathe his last breath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like all bloody and maggoty like... I mean, when they find that body... No, it's and, rotted, yeah. But right. Then we see how that started, is that he's suffocated to death. I thought yeah. that actually to be pretty... Uh, but there's also... Disturbing. But there's also, like, what? They say there's been six other people who have murdered, and... I'm saying, the show starts with her in this bath, clearly bloodied from some sort of beating, but we don't see that happen. There's not a lot of violence, I guess is what I'm saying. Aside from when that guy does get murdered, and then when the other guy... Uh, he attacks him in the shower, yeah. which he lets him go. There's not a lot of violence. But I think, that obviously, that's on purpose because there's, like, this counterpoint, you know, whatever the crux of the series is, she has some sort of problem. Uh, she was a cop. For those of you who didn't watch it, she was a cop. And the show uh, starts with her in a, in a tub, and then it says 12 months earlier. and then 12 it, days earlier. 12 days? Oh, okay. So 12 days earlier, and it go- cuts to her arguing with her husband over the phone. They just had a fight. He just left her, and he's now at work, and so she goes there and fucks up his car. And it's clear that she is not stable, and she used to be a cop. This guy says, we got another murder. Can you help me out with it? She wants to go back to work. So that's so then that's where we start. But... Here's what I like about it is that when she goes back to work, it's clear something happened. Something big happened with her because everybody there knows about it. Right. But only the one guy seems to really hold it against her. Yes. And that was interesting because when he goes to see her, first of all, he's in charge of this investigation. Why is he going to see her? Why doesn't he send detectives? But he goes to see her and he's very respectful and polite, says, I need your help. She says, can I keep it? He says, no. She goes, fine, and pulls out her own shit. Uh-huh. She still has all her files. But then when he shows up there, she's... When she shows up there, he's a total dick. And and clearly doesn't want her help until his boss, her old partner, says, right. you you got to help her out. You got you to use her on this. Um, so there's something that's happened. And, it's, and then there's a scene later on where her husband comes in to get his, some of his shit... And, of course, they get into a fight again, and they show her just beating the shit out of him and pushing him down the stairs. But then the next thing, it's clear that she blacked out or whatever. Yeah, she has some lost time when she loses. And and she even calls him. Yeah. And and you think, oh, did that really happen? Did any of this happen? So do you think, is the her waking up in the bathtub, do you think she killed the woman that her her husband's sleeping with? Do you think that's what... Because we see her go to the house of the... Grace Gibson, I think was her name, uh-huh. the, the the CEO of the 
construction company, right. whatever, and then she wakes up bloody in the bathtub. Do you think we're supposed to well, here's the conclusion that she killed that woman? Here's what I like. That here's time? what I like about the show because it's not because on its surface it's identical to any other English cop show, whether it's River or fucking Law and Order UK or any of it, a Broadchurch, all of them. They're all the same. There's some guy killing people. We're English. Let's go solve it. Luther. They're all the same. <laughs> but every one of these shows that I'm mentioning have some sort of twist or something interesting about it. Even if it's just he's black, like on Luther, you know, he's very street. Uh, they all have something. And with, with this show, not only is it that there's something that happened with her, but also it's like everything is very nebulous. Like you say, the, her husband, first of all, who's the only black guy on the show... And they show two separate scenes. They show first we hear his voice. We don't even know who he, what he looks like. Yeah. And then we see him in a scene where he's working, but we don't know that's the husband. No, we do because we've seen the picture in her house. Oh right, before. right, right. Oh well, here's the thing. I turn to Brooke and go, "That's the same black guy, right?" Oh, from the picture in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, "Yes, you're not racist." I go, "Phew." <laughs> so, so you you, but it's not like he shows up in the first scene and goes, "Oh my fucking wife." Anyway. I mean, right. it's all very nebulous, and the two things don't have it. And even you say he's banging that blonde chick. We don't know that for sure either. I guess we don't, but I mean... Right? They're clearly friendly. And then that whole thing is like... But her reaction when Anna Phil shows up definitely implies... Maybe it just implies that he told everybody, by the way, I've left my wife, and she's nuts. You all know that. We've all talked about that before. So if she shows up, be on your guard. Right? But no, because Anna Phil saw her... Or saw... Saw them go into the same home, not together. Yeah, but that's why she decided to go to Grace Gibson is because yeah, uh, she saw them go into the same place. Right. So she has more. It's more than she has reason to believe. There's yes. I, I'm saying she has reason to believe. Yes, but we don't know that they are. Okay. We haven't okay. even seen them show affection to each other beyond the, a working relationship. Okay. But then on top of all that, there's this crazy shit going on with that family and their construction and yeah. and that whole uh, thing that seems completely separate, uh, right? Viserys Targaryen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and that seems really interesting. You got this family who's building this business. This one son says, hey, we promise to make it ecologically yeah. sound. That's Viserys. The mom says, yeah, but we're not going to do that because it costs too much money. The daughter says takes the opportunity to basically bring it up at a board meeting. Uh-huh. And then everyone's mad at her. Yeah. Even the guy she's doing it for says, I don't need you to fight my battles, her yeah. brother. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting because she's like rich and powerful and beautiful, but she seems like she's put upon. You know what I mean? It's like everybody shits on her in this family, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, aside from the mom who's older and blonde, she's like the only pretty blonde female in that whole world, right? Okay. And it's different. It's and, and she seems to really want to help. You know what I'm saying? She's not a fucking idiot or selfish. She's a nice person. So it's it's like everything's been tweaked a little bit. When he shows up at, at the house to get his shit. And yeah. she's like, oh, I thought I heard you. And it's weird. And then eventually she loses her shit. But you go, did she really lose her shit or not? And then she calls him. Clearly says, uh, what just happened? I don't remember. And he says, well, you pushed me down the stairs. Okay, so we saw her beating him. Yeah. Did she really beat the shit out of him, or did she just push him down the stairs, and he ran away? So I'm saying, it's like, you know how when you watch a show, and you're like, did this really happen? And then two seconds later, they make it clear. No, that didn't really happen. Okay. 
This show you don't know. With, huh. and it's not, that's not my take on it, but really? I, it's interesting. Well, the, the, the bathroom thing is the perfect example because they show her in this tub. Uh, they make it clear that, first of all, she wins the Side Boob of the Year award okay. while she's in that tub. It's pretty brilliant. Um, but secondly, <laughs> she's not just sitting in a tub taking a bath. She's got blood on her, some of which is her own. But there's also blood all over that bathroom. We because they show again at the end. Yeah, some shit went it's down there. Broken glass. Yeah, yeah. It's not just she got in a fight and went home, or she caught someone. She caught a bad guy, then went home and took a bath and cried. Something went down there. She did something bad, and most likely she can't remember it. Yeah. And you know, I guess the point I'm making is for a first episode, this fucking show was chock full of shit that they set up that they could pay off brilliantly. It reminds me a lot of Orphan Black. In the first episode of Orphan Black, you go, what the fuck is going on here? The difference, and I, I agree, but I think Orphan Black is more high concept. Yes, obviously. This is, this is as much as there is going on, what I liked about this a lot, um, and uh, this may be the first thing in a long time that you uh, suggest for the show that I actually end up sticking with. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about it a, Me too. a, a lot um, is that it's character-driven first. And um, I complained last week about Anna Friel getting all these mopey roles when she should be. She's so funny. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to complain here because she's terrific. She re- I mean, it, it, her- I'll say the whole cast is really impressive. I don't recognize anybody. I didn't recognize Targaryen. Who, who is he? He's the brother. The one Loras. Who, oh, with she, the crown of gold. Uh, yeah. Oh, who is he in Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Daenerys' brother who yeah, dies in the okay. fifth. So, yeah. I didn't rec- Aside from Anna Friel, I didn't recognize one person. And I liked that because it wasn't like, oh, there's that fucking guy who's in every English thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was very believable. Uh, and I think it, it does kind of seem like it's... Uh, the, the show I kept returning to, even though in some ways it's very different, uh, is Homeland. In that it's a female investigator who's very good at her job, but also very troubled. Has something you, really you know wrong I mean? with her. And I yeah. think like um, it's hard to paint a character who is the jilted woman, right? The yeah. one, and not make it a stereotype. And it's not here. Her performance yeah. is so um, organic and, and believable uh, that you get that she's breaking up a little. Like, she, she's losing it a little yeah. bit. But you feel for her. You know, when she's, yeah. when she's doing things she shouldn't be doing, like following her husband around. Fucking up his car with a bat. Yeah. 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 Um, like you understand, like she's uh, she's troubled, and it's like I think Homeland at its best. When Homeland was was bad, or in shows like this, you know, with with male leads to it, with like House or whatever, uh, when they're bad, it's like it's already asking you to forgive their bad behavior, right? You know, because right, right. you know, well, they're a genius. But when Homeland is at its best, and what I think this one does is that you can kind of have to separate the two. It's like she's really good at her job, but she shouldn't be doing this shit. Like this is. She's gonna. Rough. Well, that even was like showing yeah. up outside of the marriage thing. Even showing up and following the um, the suspect she had from the first the first one. Yeah, uh, she like, shouldn't be doing that. Well, she she, she just walks right into his job. <laughs> Hi, remember me? Yeah, and he's and he says, "Oh fuck, what are you doing here?" Yeah. I mean, it's clear that it was not a a good thing. Yeah, she just she just basically went and rattled his cage, and then she follows him. But even that, we don't know what the fuck's going on. What no, with, with that woman? With that woman, that was. I mean. 
I'll give you a million dollars if you can tell me what that was all about. I, yeah, I need to go back and watch that scene again. Right? It was like, it was hot in North Hollywood last night and I had the fan on. <laughs> and then, like, those quiet scenes, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure that I got that. Yeah, I, I turned to Brooke and said, what was that all about? She said, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like, I, honestly, watching TV, and this happens when I watch with my wife constantly, she'll ask me, what the fuck about? You know, something happens, she'll go, what was that? What's the fuck? And I'm like fucking show is 10 minutes in can we just watch it hold all questions till the end please like if something happens that you didn't understand i understand pause it and go what the fuck was uh, what happened who was that but if you're like oh what does that mean well the show's an hour long just fucking chill and let's because almost always then eventually we find out but in that case no she looked i was like what the fuck and no one knew i and i thought are they gonna pay it off Nope. But I, 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 I also like how those guys are in, like, whatever, minimum security prison. It's like a shitty dorm. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, and then it's work release program. Because, again, you don't, aside from Orange is the New Black, there are no shows that show, like, the minimum security prisons for the nonviolent yeah. offenders. But I like to get back away from character stuff and back to the plot stuff. I like that, on the one hand, the show seems to, with that, when we actually see a murder, it seems to be saying, okay, so this guy she suspects from the first round of murders couldn't have done it, right? Right. Because we see a murder when he would have been the guy, occupied. Right. But then we see him attack the guy in the prison in the same way. With the bag, yeah. And it's clearly, uh, I, I like these multiple multiple suspects. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and the way they're being, also um, the girl who does get murdered, um, I like that too because they showed like, first of all, oh no, she doesn't get killed. She's. Go- I think she's going to be a future victim. But the, the blonde chick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. We, the first th- I time. about this whole story. Yeah, right? right? The first time we see her, she's doing a, she's a like webcam a show. girl, yeah. And, and it's, it's great because the kid's just a teenager uh-huh. and he's jerking off. And then when he gets done jerking off, he logs off and she goes, okay, which is exactly what happens. You only watch <laughs> as long, you only watch for three minutes to save money, which is, is actual. And then she's like, okay. And then she goes on Sinner. Which is like a, uh-huh. a, a app for hooking up, and she hooks up with this chick, and that was a little confusing because Brooke says to me, "What you just spend the night with a prostitute and let him sleep in your bed?" And my, I said, "I don't think this was a prostitute. I think this was a hookup." Yeah, this is like a grinder. Yeah, it's like yeah. grinder for chicks or whatever. Um, and then she stole her money, and I said, "Probably it was a hookup with the added bonus of, and I'm going to steal shit while I'm there." Right. But then. You think, okay, so she's a loose woman, whatever, she'll do whatever for money, she has loose morals, ambiguous or whatever. But then some dude sees her on the street, some kid, and he recognizes her from her webcam shows and says, listen, just, you know, jerk me off or whatever, and I'll give you money. So that's not a ridiculous thing. He's he's quite respectful about it. (laughs) He's not like, hey, that's the chick from the webcams. He's like... Listen, let's just do the same thing, but in he person. Did, he found the most respectful way to ask a strange woman to jerk him off right? the alley. But he also knew <laughs> that's what she does for a living. At least some she's in the sex trade. Mm-hmm. So it's not out of the out of the you know, she could have easily said fuck off and turned away, it would have been the end of it. But to make it again, to take it up one more notch, uh-huh. they get back in the alley and she beats the shit out of him. <laughs> which is great. Because it's like, oh, yes, she's ambi- she's morally ambiguous, but pretty much in every way. Like, she gets back in the alley and thinks, well, I could jerk this guy off for 50 bucks, 
or I could beat the shit out of him and take all his money. <laughs> and it makes perfect sense, and she does. But the great thing is, like you said, we don't see any connection between her and her world and the rest of what's going on in the fucking story. So it's chock full of shit. And uh, unlike a lot of English police dramas where it's just, you know, English accents and procedures... Hey, Gov, we're going to blood it. Oh, <laughs> did you question that guy? Oh, well, you're going away. This, There's a lot of character shit going on yeah. in this show. It seems like even like her husband, who seems very stoic and, uh, and uh, distanced from her, clearly is like upset. He, whatever happened between the two of them, he said, that's it. I'm out. Not we need to go to counseling. Not we need to talk. But... Goodbye, and they have kids too. That's the other thing. Even though we don't meet the kids, they, they're, they're in boarding school. They're mentioned, and <laughs> and they have a lot of them. So, and this is a just uh, almost completely off topic. But as I'm watching this show, I see so many people of color on it. Um, not just black people, but uh, you know, Indian and Asian and uh, and all different shades in all different jobs. Uh-huh. You know, her boss is a brown guy. Uh, her husband is black and he is a, a, a big wig in this fucking business. And basically I see all these people of color in England. And I used to think England was great because people from other lands could come there and work and be something. Unlike in America where it's a fucking huge hassle and most people don't even have the constitution to deal with it. Well, I don't know if we have any listeners in England who voted for Brexit but you're fucking stupid if you did. You're clearly a moron or a racist or both. And it, while it makes me happy to know that Americans don't have a fucking stranglehold on stupidity and racism, <laughs> it actually makes me feel good that there are a bunch of stupid racists in England as well. Uh, it blows me away because one of the things I have always loved about watching English TV is seeing people of color in like positions of power. And, uh, you know, some of them have strong accents from other countries, you know? Did you ever see a movie from, like, 2002, I think, called Dirty Pretty Things? No, I remember it, but I didn't see it. It's great. It's about... It's entirely about, like, undocumented immigrants uh, in, in in London. It's like a murder mystery. Yeah. But it's also about their experience of... their While trying to fight the murder mystery, they're also trying not to get caught by immigration or whatever. Right. It's a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, um, yeah. It's this fucking Brexit thing is sad, but uh, I, it, I think it's really it opened uh, it opened more it opened my eyes and other people that man, there's dummies all over the world. Really, is what it what it but comes down to. The, what's happening is that in places that are traditionally uh, white, um, like uh, America and England, the status quo is changing as the world becomes more globalized. Yeah. And uh, white people are terrified and angry about that, yes. and they're acting out and lashing out. And um, hopefully, well, this is just uh, as generations progress, this stuff will get sort of uh, weeded out. Well, the key is, you know, they obviously the racists hijacked this party, and they they use it as you know they used racism as the a means to an end, because all the people who voted for Brexit. Their mind went, yeah, it's an exit. All the minorities and refugees will exit this country. And it'll be just us white English people. Uh 
That's what they were voting for. That's what they thought they were voting for. Because that's how it was presented to them. Now, of course, they vote yes and they go, oh, the way we're getting all the minorities out of this country is by leaving the EU. That's not okay. That's not what I wanted to vote for. And I'm sorry, but if you give an interview on TV where you say, yeah, I wish I could go back and change my vote, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. You get one chance to vote. That's why it's called voting. That's why everybody gets to do it. It's your one chance for to make your voice heard. If you voted the wrong way, your one chance, you're a fucking idiot. You have two choices, right? It's not like here uh, voting for president. You know, you could literally vote for whoever you wanted when you go uh-huh. vote for president. But even between even aside from Trump and Hillary, there's still four or five other people to vote for. Yeah. Some of which are viable candidates. This Gary Johnson guy, I saw him on Bill Maher. He's fucking awesome. I don't think he'll win, and I don't probably won't vote for him, but he might be in the debate. That would be great, yeah. right, to see a libertarian candidate in a debate. But if you're voting yes or no, and you vote the wrong way, I mean, Jesus. Fucking Google it first. Google it before you vote. <laughs> Google it before you vote, not after you fucking vote. You idiots. Um, all right, so we're going to keep watching Marcella, but not Barely Famous. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Next week, I want to watch Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, which I'm amazed you have never seen. Never watched it. Because for a guy who loves Tim and Eric, awesome show, good, great job, yeah. which is spotty at best, there's no episode of that show which is great all the way through. Oh, man. I think there are seasons that are great all the way through. It's just... You're nuts. I think you were remembering the end of it when the last couple seasons were Probably. really spotty. But I think early on, those first like three seasons or so, mm. fantastic. But check it out. Makes me laugh from beginning to end. Okay. And ob- it's all about the performance. Fucking yeah. the guy, John C. Riley. Obviously, he's a brilliant actor. But, uh, but we'll watch that this week. Uh, it's only 15 minutes. And because I'm going to need time to recover from watching the Great British Baking Show. You weren't going to watch anyway? <laughs> no. Oh. I don't fucking... First of all, I don't watch cooking shows like you. Because I, I don't find them interesting. But the Great British Baking Show, I still remember you making me watch it last year. It sucked. That's oh, great. Because those hosts are the fucking worst. They are the best. Let's, t- let's hold this for next week. All right. Watch this. Watch this.